Oh my goodness. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Fundamentalists Podcast. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy you're here. Pete, are you happy to be here? I am happy to be in my apartment. All right. With new lights. Um, when I was arriving here, I uh, because Pete lives in a compound, I had to, you have to call up to yeah. be granted permission by the king to enter the court. And uh, the woman calls and she hangs up. And then when I'm walking away, I hear her start laughing and she just goes, he said cheers. He said <laughs> cheers. And I thought it was very funny. I was like, yeah, yeah, he says cheers. Like oh, really non-ironic. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Is that sound strange to an American? It just sounds bit? like something we all want to say, but can't. So I don't know what. Because there's been a few times I've been in a bar and I've said cheers and I've noticed the person has hesitated and then said it back. As if they're not yep. quite sure. Like you're allowed. Using it, or they're allowed to use it. Yeah. It's like saying, isn't there a French one too? It's like a, there's a French word that everyone says as like a greeting. I'm blanking on what it is, but it's like some one of those words that sounds really cool, but we can't get away with. So all right. I, I, do, do, do I get away with it? Do I use yeah. it? Or, you oh. mask it in the, all of the being, the rest of your being Irish. All uh, right. I but, just wonder what the word is. French? Could you see me going Cheers. Cheers. I guess I yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, but that's it's, it's very natural to me. The only time I notice it is when someone hesitates and says it, and I go, "Why are they?" There's a little hesitation yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think what that word is, and and it's uh, we. Yes. Ah, uh, yes. Wee -wee. Yeah, yeah. Although maybe it's not it, wee wee. Well, no, so because it's not. It's W E E, which is probably Ulster Scots. Ciao. Oh, ciao. I don't say me. ciao. That's your other friend. Yes, it is. I say your other friend is, and you've got two. I've got two friends, one <laughs> an Irishman and one an Italian. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, I couldn't get away with saying ciao. <laughs> I'd look like an idiot. Yeah, I think it's so. I'm like, say it again. Say it again, uh, Claudio. Anyway, so this is, uh, we have an announcement to make, guys. A very yeah. fun announcement. Before we get started on this topic on the big other, we have to inform you, uh, because you did it, we have officially passed 1 million downloads on this particular podcast. Congratulations. Congratulations. Uh, cheers. Congrats, cheers. Thank you. Hey. Thanks for being smart. Ooh. Genuinely, we had no idea. It was our, uh, our friend no. who. Uh, <laughs> that, that will not be a surprise. I don't think. <laughs> we didn't know. Yeah. How did you find You texted me. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Corey told me. Great. Uh, and then, because uh, he's uploads our stuff and edits it, and he was like, Do you, you, do you guys know you're on like a million? Because we thought, we guessed that we were on less than half that yeah like as we were saying oh we must have six thousand downloads yeah uh, of an episode but that puts it at double that and we're approaching this is probably what the 83rd 84th episode yeah. or something like that yeah what are we going to do for our 100th episode who even knows Oh, we'll do something fancy. This is your, your, your choice next time will be on success. Yeah. We are now so successful. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was a funny idea to do Never one. made a penny on the podcast. We've lost money on the podcast. Lo only but, lost. Hey, but, but, um, but that'll change. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, the, the, I thought it would be funny to do a whole topic on success. And I'd be like, look, we're, we're speaking at you from this well, ascended level of... Uh, the thing that I saw, one of the first things, whenever you moved in, when we lived together... And, uh, this thing that YouTube thing you had, which was uh, a picture that said, was 100, it for a hundred thousand? And so like that was when you cracked a hundred thousand. Yes. What was that like? Was that for SourceFed? No, that was my personal Your channel. Your personal channel? Yeah. And so they sent you that out and like, that's a massive marker. Back in the day, it was a big marker. Yeah, yeah. Now there's, I think, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of channels that all have like 10 million subscribers. So it's it's a, it's a different world, but it's still pretty cool. Yeah. It's all very cool. And it's nice that people um, are listening to this. So. You know that my channel 
has done quite well because of the trailer making love yes and it's got it's on 2.4 million i've had so most of my videos get a few hundred hits uh-huh. a few hundred some maybe a few are in the thousands and then one of them is 2.4 million because it's called making love the mysteries of the egyptians and still to this day <laughs> biz- it is number one video on my on my uh dashboard it's making love the business secrets of the fair <laughs> yeah <laughs> good uh, peep show reference yeah yeah. Uh, yeah the title is making love no really this is what it is yeah. like this video <laughs> and like people like people look at it and you said it looks so bizarre as if like we've paid for the i've paid for those views didn't it just somehow got into some weird algorithm and then just went mad. Oh yeah, and it still like it still gets hundreds of thousands of views. You know where month. that's yeah. You know where that's happening now a lot is TikTok stuff goes viral on TikTok like so quickly. Yeah. They've got some weird algorithm where it's still like you can still make things pop. I guess I've heard secondhand. I've never I don't do TikTok, but um, yeah. I just did a podcast with uh, buddy Darren who you've met and um, Joe. And they both do TikTok and have had like experiences where they'll wake up the next day and it's it got. 250,000 and like all these views and they're just like it doesn't make sense but no one's complaining and yeah YouTube I think it just I mean the title making love I think does explain (laughs) but it still doesn't explain 2.5 million no that is a ridiculous number like that is a ridiculous number maybe it's just maybe you're just people just like it I mean David Dasmalchian isn't it uh, who's a uh, well, friend go. of ours and you've met you know that I've you met, met him you met I, that, I, yeah. Yeah. in brief but I'm a big fan of his yeah, yeah. I love his um, yeah I've loved him since 2008 when I saw him in The Dark Knight and I was like that guy oh yeah I remember him cool. in The Dark that's before I knew him and uh, yeah. I, that, that character is so, it's such a small moment yep. but it's so memorable so good he's the he's the, one of the Joker's henchmen who gets captured by yep. Two-Face yes. and interrogated mm-hmm. um, and he's in June now June that's coming out yeah, so got and in Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah, Suicide yeah. Squad. So, yeah, the new one. So cool. So it was a uh, Flula, who was a YouTuber. Yeah, uh, great, very funny person. Anyway, hey, sorry, we've been just. Uh, yeah, we haven't. Uh, we haven't seen each other. Just talking. Yeah, you know, just, no, yeah. just you're getting caught up. But um, this is on the Big Other, guys. This is on um, the idea of we're going to touch on uh, stoicism. We're going to touch on neuroses. We're going to touch on the idea of being psychologically free. Mm. And that's what's on the docket today. Please get out your notebooks and uh, start taking notes. This is going to be a good one. And I also don't know exactly what you're thinking for this. So I'm excited to see what happens. Great. Yeah. So it was my choice this time in our, we take it in turns. Our dance, this little dance we do. I like it. I like it. Yes. So, right. What I wanted to talk about initially was freedom. And it is going to be about freedom and the big other. Freedom. Yeah. Um, and what I wanted to talk about is the type of unfreedom that we experience today in our lives. That's a weird type of unfreedom because we think we're free, as in we feel like there's no external authority telling you what you can and can't do, right? There's all these adverts that tell you, you know, just do it. You can do anything you want, whatever. And yet we also feel very constrained in certain ways. So I, I thought I'd start off by talking about that, see where it goes. I love it. Okay, so wanted to talk about two different types of what's called the big other. I want to talk about the substantial big other and the spiritualized big other. So, and we should do a whole episode on the big other. I'm not going to define it too much in this initially, but what I mean by a substantial big other is that in history, there have been times and still today where there are substantial authorities that tell you what you should do and what you shouldn't do. 
And God was traditionally that in the pre-modern world, but also governments, various authorities, your parents, they tell you what you can and cannot do. The church. The church. So the church is massive in the medieval period as the kind of the, the big other, a substantive big other that knew the demand of God. Um, and by the way, there's an interesting thing about people that if we've talked about it before, I think the difference between d- demand and desire, that when you encounter someone who makes a demand and you try to do what they demand, what they tell you to do, you can sometimes not do what they desire. And this causes anxiety in us. So I was watching a friend of mine yesterday with his kid and he, his kid did something naughty and he put her on the step, said, you've got to have a time out. But you could tell that the parent, he was kind of find acute what she'd done, right? So of course, kids pick up on that. The desire is the kid knows that they did something cute, but they also know the demand was not to do the behavior. So that's the experience of the difference between demand and desire that we always feel. Or if you have a kid, I saw this once where the child was really upset because it was going back to the other parent in a, in a situation of separation. And what was interesting was the kid as soon as the kid went into the house of the other parent, they actually settled down really quickly. And what I was watching is how the kid felt that the desire of the, the other parent was that they will miss them. So the kids uh, reacting, going, I don't want to go back to my other parent, I'm really happy with you, was partly that child's attempt to satisfy the desire of the Give other parent. Give them what they want. Yeah. yeah. And that the demand of the parent was to go back to their house. So uh, often if your kid seems like they really miss you when you're, you're putting them in the nursery, <laughs> they might not be. But the anyway, yeah. uh, they, but, but in this substantial... They're liars. They're liars. Children are liars. <laughs> that's, that's the takeaway. Um, but in this pre-modern period, this idea of a substantial big other, demand and desire, very close. You have to do what you're told and you have to repress your desires. Otherwise, you'll get in trouble. Right? Oh, is that our is our timing You're okay? You're doing good. No, I'm just checking the audio levels. Ooh. Let me let me just double check. You know what? Because I put is... these things on. Yeah, no, maybe this is that's correct. Oh, we're okay. Yeah. So you've got these demands. So what one might expect is this would create neurosis because neurosis, by definition, is repression. Repression is when you have to push something down. You're not allowed to experience something, but it doesn't create neurosis. It creates stoics. So in the pre-modern world with a substantial big other that's telling you what you can and can't do, what was created, neurosis is a very modern phenomenon. You don't really find it much in in pre-modern periods. You find stoicism because stoicism is the idea that you can have a fortress, an inner fortress Mm -hmm. that is free, even though you have- They can't take your spirit. They can't take your spirit. They can tell you what to do, but they cannot- and in, in infiltrate your inner world. The difference is in the modern world, the, what's called the death of God, means that the big other is spiritualized. And what this means is there's no authority that we can point to that's like telling us mm-hmm. what to do. We're told in school we can be what we want to be, da, 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 da. And yet at the same time, we're constrained all the time. We can't be whatever we can be. We've got lots of limitations on our life. But the problem is this voice is not external to us, it's internal to us. There's all of these adverts telling us what to desire, all of our school, our systems, all these systems are telling us what to desire. And the big other isn't external to create Stoics, it's internal. So we internalize the desire and that creates neurotics. 
So neur neur neurotics are the um, like stoics that have internalized both things. Well, Stoics are, Stoics are better because Stoics are, it's like neurotics. This is why actually I think Stoicism can't take hold in the modern world because neurotic, the Stoicism gets somewhere internally that's protected. Mm -hmm. Like if you're, in, if you're in prison and the prison guards are telling you what to do, the one thing you have is you can keep your inner world yes. yourself so you can be free. What happens when your inner world is also conflicted and yes. you also have the, the, the prison guard is inside you? Inside you. Whenever, yeah, whenever you internalize the big other. So the, and that's what I mean by the spiritualization of the big other. It's, it's desubstantialized. Ooh, it's not it. out there. It's not everywhere. So it's in and it's outside. Um, can I cut in here? Please. I was, my bit. this reminded me of an article that popped up in my Twitter and it was a, study um, that is basically on, let's see, it's called Stoicism and the Good Life. Ooh. Um, and uh, what it found was, in contrast to our hypothesis, Stoic ideology significantly negatively predicted well-being as well as engagement in life. Endorsement of Stoic ideology might be detrimental. Past research has shown positive relationships between Stoicism and depression. Ah, that's interesting. Yeah. So the the tweet, which is, I've been listening to this guy who, um, his name is, uh, he's got a great podcast, Mark Darian, very union. From what yeah. I, he's not a union, he says, I think, but he is takes a lot from me. He says, "Gee, who would have guessed that cutting off a vital aspect of your humanity makes you depressed?" Which is a pretty funny <laughs> thing to say. But uh, I do feel like the stoicism thing works for it is a coping mechanism, but not necessarily the best way to live. Uh, yeah. Live life. Yeah, I mean, I think like there was a time actually Stoicism was, so for Hegel, Stoicism arose out of what's called the master-slave dialectic. So in a society where there's an external big other telling you what to do, Stoicism was a, was the um, eruption of freedom inside you. So you could, have a, you could have a modicum, a quantum of freedom within your inner world. The main issue... Today, that term. That's so that's very nice. Well, oh, I like you. anything you put the word quantum in. I know it's it. a good word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and even Quantum of Solace is a good James Bond movie. It's underrated. Anyway, you said um, that. Yeah, and you've been wrong before. Yes, I have been wrong many times. Um, the issue is if we live, which and the it's interesting. It's, I say it's called the death of God, but the modern period and Kant, the philosopher Kant's importance, is, is a period where God, a big other outside you is not needed for the progress of science, humanities, ethics, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not that people stop believing in God, but they stop feeling that there is this external constraint. And with that, there is a feeling of freedom. Uh -oh. Was yeah. that? Uh, of uh-oh. Uh-oh, yes, exactly. No, there, there. Why still not good? Why still not free? Yeah, yes, and it's kind of, this is the terror of freedom in a way. You kind of go like, oh my goodness, I'm free. So. The argument is that in our contemporary society, there is a big other, but now we can't point to it. So technically the neurotic is someone who both believes in the big other and doesn't. So a neurotic is someone, they don't believe in God, as in they don't believe in an external demand creating being. We're all just purposeless matter floating through space. Kind of, well, yeah, and, but it's not even- That said inside, I'm gonna be, have, I'm gonna have the rage and the burning and desire for a billion things that I can't figure out how to attain. <laughs> but we're all meaningless and just hurling through space. Yeah, like yeah. The, I'm, I'm joking about the people who I know that are like, 
oh yeah, everything's just oh. It's like the jokey kind of like trendy nihilism that happens oh, yeah. where it's like, haha, nothing matters. Like that kind of thing that you see on Instagram a lot where you're like, yeah, you're saying that, but I don't believe it. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah, no, that's, that's true. The way I'm saying it as well is somebody, a neurotic, lots of neurotics believe in God. In fact, most of them do, but, um, but they don't in the sense that they don't experience in the same way as a medieval person. Mm-hmm. They don't experience this external constraint this making demands, but they do. That's the funny thing. They do. They just can't point to it. So the neurotic is always feeling, what should I be doing in this party? Who, what, how should I be acting in my relationship? Who, so the, 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 the neurotic is always the one who feels they're not doing something right. They don't know how to fit in into the world. There's some big other that's making a demand on them, but they can't point it out. They can't see it. It's just, they feel it. And um, they're always trying to respond to that. And uh, anxiety, just that anxiety, anxiety and it creates anxiety. And so you see neurotic individuals are in a way it's so the death of God is still alive as a, as a big other that is not to so say you can't point to it. You just feel it. You know, you're always going like, what should I purchase? What should I do? How should I behave? What should I look like on my social media? Um, yeah, it's like you behave around this thing that is, if you look at the behaviors alone, yes. kind of p- draw out a God-shaped hole. That, that's exactly it. It's not about the conscious I repeat, belief. I'm <laughs> very smart. Uh, that's good. Well, that's, that's exactly it. It's, this big other doesn't, co- you know, you don't necessarily consciously believe it or you do. It doesn't matter. It's that you act as if it is. And the results are people who feel that they don't desire what they desire. People who feel that they kind of freely choose something that they haven't freely chosen. So it's a, it's, a, it's actually quite hard to almost describe the experience, although a lot of people will know what I mean when mm-hmm. they hear it. But it's- um, I, I'm getting it. I think yeah. it's, you're doing a great job of describing it. Thank you. So, so that's kind of like the next level of unfreedom. The first level of unfreedom is something external is telling you what to do but then you can be free inside. The second level of unfreedom is that the, the big other colonizes your inner world, so you don't even desire what you desire. Yeah, it's like, um, I feel like uh, the idea that we're all free, we're, which I believe, I think we're free, I think people are more free than they behave like they are most of their lives, myself included. But I do feel like if you really, truly buy into that, like you're almost indoctrinated into this idea that you're a free person, there is not only the anxiety of making sure you're doing what you want and you're fulfilling your purpose, but on top of that, there's a guilt associated with even having those thoughts because if you've been brought up in the religion of freedom, you're like, no, that I know I'm free. Yeah. I'm free. So why why should I ha- why do I have any right to not be satisfied with this thing that I don't even know what I want? I don't even know how I got here. It's like, oh, because you're you're not you're still got the 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 lack of freedom is yes is yes. on the it's deep down in your heart. And 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 you're feeling it. So it's <laughs> deep down inside you and it's external. So can I paint two pictures of society? I was thinking about this this morning and go like Right. Imagine a society where, like, say none of us want to be street cleaners, right? Nobody really wants to do that overly. But imagine a society where from 18 years old to 20 years old, you all do public service that includes street cleaning or military service, all of that. So from 18 to 20, you every everybody has to do the jobs that nobody really wants to do. Now, that's interesting because you are not free. You have to do it. 
But you can then be a stoic. You can have an inner freedom that rebels against it, mm -hmm. saying, when I'm 20 and I get out of this, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. But today, if you're a street cleaner, it feels like you were free, but you're not really. Like, because depending on your education, but depending on what school you went to, what your parents did, how much money you had, you're actually, although the world's telling you you can be whatever you want, you can't. I grew up in Northern Ireland where I had very few options because of a conflict and my parents even fewer. So weirdly, there's a guilt that I chose to be a street cleaner, but you kind of didn't because for Adam Smith, the idea is that no society requires a certain number of people to clean the streets. And so it, it, it will push certain people into that role. But the trick is it makes you think that you choose it. Yeah. So then you feel not only the unfreedom of having to do it, but you feel like internally that this is something that you choose. So basically yeah. unfreedom has colonized your subjectivity, so which is devastating. Yeah. How dare you make drastic changes or, or make difficult decisions when, uh, yeah, it's like it, it, there's comfort involved. There's appeasing the parents. There's making sure that you feel happy. What if you do it and you, God, you don't feel happy and it ends up being a mistake. That's crazy. I have one of my um, best friends, oldest friend. Uh, well, you're my oldest friend, Pete. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, but my oldest going back in yes, chronologically, yeah. <laughs> um, he is, he's always loved New York and he decided to move to New York. He's got a family and he's, he's a um, hairstylist and I'm so happy and proud for him and his family because he's they're following a dream basically in the middle of a pandemic and it's incredibly brave going to the one city that everyone's trying to get out of everyone yeah, yeah. just the rats <laughs> yeah. are running out of the ship and they're just yeah they're they're putting on their their swimming trunks but um it's, it's actually the best time to go to be honest exactly yeah, yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah. of brilliant yeah, yeah you know buy high sell low or whatever yeah um buy low sell high but uh They've been waiting for a pandemic for 20 years. I know. And Finally like, happened. Here it is. <laughs> but uh, it's it's beautiful to see. And it's also fascinating to talk to him because it is one of those things that, like, I think when you see other people do that, when you see other people kind of kind of uh, follow their path, follow their course, it's a little like uh, people don't react positively to it sometimes. I oh, think yeah. because maybe there's something internally that they're recognizing that is um, in conflict yeah, uh, it's all which this subject basically. I mean, I think this is we're getting into the weeds with different examples and stuff. But like, what we're talking about is the best way to be to feel psychologically free, and it's so fascinating of a conversation because yeah. it's just like, yeah, do well. I guess I kind of feel it sometimes, and then other days I'm just like, no, I feel like this is I got to just keep doing this now. Yeah. And you kind of feel like you feel like you've chosen because and you have like people like you and me, we've been able to choose yes. what we do, but it's also there's been tracks. I mean, there's there's always limitations on what like social utility is important. Like there's always these limits. But here's a here's a good example. Shizek uses this example. But but it's almost the example of whether to create a stoic child or a neurotic child. <laughs> um like in a traditional family, your kid wants to go to see your grandparents. And uh, you say to the kid, you have to see your grandparents and your kid says, no, I don't want to, I want to play the PlayStation. Traditional family will go, no, you're going to see the grandparents, get your coat on, get into the car, go, right? Modern parents are more likely to go, 
no, let's sit down and talk about it. You really love your grandparents. You really want to do the best by them. You, you know, you don't want to make them feel lonely or whatever, right? And that you kind of convince them. Now, the interesting thing is in the first example, the child can have this space of internal rebellion. They have to do it. They're too young, to, but they can inside go, well, when I'm old enough, I'm going to do my own do thing. It, yeah. Yeah. It, with the other kid, not only do they have to do it, they have to want to do it. So they're, they're colonized with the desire of the other, the parents who want to do it. And of course, it's a guy's because if the kid says, no, I want to play yeah. a PlayStation, they'll be like, get your coat, get in the fucking car. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's a, you know, that's, that's the creating of a neurotic cat. That child. poor kid who's yeah. just going to be like, okay. Yes. You know, not only do you have to do it, you have to like to do it. You have to, you have to be colonized by the desire of your parents. Yeah. One mm. of the best things about being a kid is having to not make decisions and just react to them. Yeah. Like I loved when my parents would just be like, you're doing this. And I'd be like, I want it. Yeah. And exactly. It, it and then you've got, you're like, stoic. You become I get stoic. to not be happy <laughs> yeah. or to work through it internally. And then do what I'm quote unquote supposed to do. But to give, if I was a kid and someone gave me that level of freedom, I would be like, oh God, how do I got to please everybody now? Yeah. Like a second ago, I was just trying to please me. Now I know that I, if I want to please them, I have to alter what I want about seeing my grandparents. I don't want to see my grandparents. So yes. I guess I'm not going to, but then they're all going to be unhappy. It's like, oh my goodness. Yeah. And th this is where repression proper starts. Repression proper is not when you're forced to do something. It's when you push out of consciousness something that is unpleasant to you. So yeah. that this is the and this is what Lacan noticed. So neurosis has always been connected with repression. That's that's standard. A neurotic represses, but it's not that they repress things from other people. They repress things from themselves. So when they when the kids told that you know, for example, go and see grand grandparents, they take the bit that doesn't want to do it, and they see that that's unacceptable. And they hide it mm -hmm. from themselves, and that's the that's the, the beginning. That's yeah. why. And you said last week we were talking about this. You were saying how, and basically, because Freud's psychoanalysis started when neurosis was became a thing. Yeah, so, fascinating. Yeah, so psychoanalysis couldn't really have been invented in the medieval period because there wasn't really much neurosis at all. It was created at a time. Because of all the stabbing and killing and pillaging and raping. Yes, yes. much more psychotic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so neurosis only developed in the modern world because of the, desubs the desubstantialization or the spiritualization of the big other. And as you mentioned, in the, at that time of Freud, neurosis was so massive that people were having the weirdest symptoms. You still see these symptoms today, but... But they oh, seem the to be drawings everywhere. and yeah. the portraits or whatever. I guess drawings. The the sketches of what was going on in that era are yeah. horror movie esque, creepy. Because yeah. it was kind of like it was the death of the substantive big other, and mm -hmm. it was the birth of the spiritualized big other. Yeah, it's on the heels of the scientific revolution and the Protestant Reformation and all yeah. of that. Well, and yeah, because Luther's key for it. Like this is the thing. It's not atheism as such, because Kant and Luther and uh, you know then. Uh, even even Galileo and Newton, who are all religious people, but they still engaged the death of God and Descartes in the sense that God was no longer a substantive other outside making demands on you. You you had an inner world that was a guiding light, and so with that change, that all of this changed, and neurosis became a thing. Um, now, by the way, for anyone who's listening to this or watching it. 
Uh, I'm go not see saying, your grandparents. Go see your grandparents, yeah. I, I don't think you can go back. So, right, so this isn't about resubstantializing the big other. You have to go forward. There's a type of freedom in which uh, you can go an, an, like another step forward. Are you planning these talks in a way to get me all jazzed up and excited, Peter? Is it just happening naturally? Is that right? Yeah, I love this. This is wonderful. This, I is, didn't... this is the Church of the Fundamentalists. I'm, I'm trying to subtly make sure that you know we're primed for the for the the, the good news of the Fundamentalist exactly. Church of Los Angeles. Uh, I I didn't know. I learned recently that. Um, not learned, but I've deduced, I guess, Galileo um, tr- trying to wrap my head around, and this is a deviation from the current topic, um, trying to wrap my head around the, maybe we've talked about this, the heliocentric, the um, devastating effect of that, how yeah. how cataclysmic it would be on a psychological level for all of humanity is in the fact that it happened, you know, 400 years ago is bonkers oh, yeah. to me. Yeah. It is so crazy. And it's, it's, I love the romantic version of scientists. That's like, they just, they're scientists and they don't care. And they're going to tell you what the facts are. I think it's very funny that Galileo was terrified the entire time. It just kept, kept being like, nah. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, I know it's in there, but, um, uh, the, um, uh, you can think of whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't kill me. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I mean, Galileo is one of the key people because it's, it's a modern phenomenon. Galileo's, uh, critique of like the earth being the center was 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 the de- de- the spiritualization of the big other because the reason why the Catholic yeah. Church was so terrified of this was because there was a physicality like the big other God it was like the center of the universe soon as soon as there's no center God is is not there in any center God is everywhere yeah. God is decentered so God is both everywhere and within and it's a it, it is quite, it's a radical move to, it's a different type of psychology. It, it, it creates a different type of person, different type of understanding. Well, and the trauma of, of what you are, the individual who in their lifetime was like raised, let's say they're 33, Hmm. And they the ent- their entire lives. Are you thirty three? I am. The age of Jesus. I am. Yes, died. our Lord. Yeah. So basically, from here on in, like Jesus, all extra ha- baby. Yeah, it's all <laughs> extra. Like Jesus really had you in the last three years. He did more, but whatever you do you now is more than Jesus did. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Well, so. let's let's put a pin in that. Uh, <laughs> um, I'll pray for you for saying that. Yeah. But um, the uh, well, yeah. Okay. So my entire life, I. I believe this thing that is as obvious as anyone can imagine, like the sky is blue or something, or two plus two equals four. It is. It was the equivalent of learning that one of those things isn't true. Yeah. If I learned that one of those things wasn't true, I would lose my. I would lose my mind a yeah. little bit. And so it's like, what do you? Of course, the world changed so dramatically. I think it makes a little bit of sense that neurosis would then pop up yeah. a few generations later because it's like, you you really thought and for good reason that yeah. the sun revolved around you yeah who wouldn't think that yes and, and it's then, not even like i think it's not even just a factual it's like it's a factual thing that was like crazy but it it did also substantively change our very notion of what grounds reality of like yeah. the big other like like and that's where the catholic church were kind of right at the time it's like this was not just a change in some factual information. This this was going to change the the very nature of human subjectivity. Yeah, and it did. That's why. Yeah, I think Galileo can't. 
uh, yep. Descartes in a way, and then Hegel. All the like the modern world is a type of getting. It's a loss of this external object that's out there, and it's this physical thing. And then you have this notion of the big other is oh. internalized. I mean, what are the odds? Yeah, that it all happens around the same time. Yes, it all yeah, Crazy. it's all happening, and all the great thinkers are doing something similar. And yeah, it's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, um, I still got to get you to read Passion of the Western Mind at some oh, point. Oh yeah, yeah. I know no, but gonna... that's just that. That's just an overview of the history of yes. the West. Which and hopefully now we're I getting back know. to the purpose of life. you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. It that whole era is just. It puts so many things in a perspective that is absolutely wonderful. I was going to say on stoicism, oh, yeah. when you're talking about that, I also feel, and I have no, um, I think everything can work depending on whatever the person is going through and each individual is, aren't they? Like people, like I have a stoic um, Bible meditations thing. It's attached to the calendar. I don't really use it anymore, but I did for a yeah, while. Yeah. I really yeah. loved it. And it's like very nice. It's got all the Marcus Aurelius quotes in it, and it's very pleasant. But um, the thing about it is I know stoicism because of the my particular like makeup as a person, I think appeals to me a lot. Yeah. It is like easy. Like yeah. if you want me to cut off the emotional effect of something, I can probably do that without yeah. knowing like, to a fair degree, like mm. I like, maybe I'm just bragging about being able to repress stuff really quickly. <laughs> but I do think I have like stoicism for some people, though. I think they are like really affected by their external world, and they have very like their center of focus is on everything that's happening around them. And the the techniques of stoicism are very helpful for people like that, maybe for a time. But as a lifestyle, yeah. Why? Oh, I, I don't care. I don't care. I, why? Why would you want to? Well, see, my, but my main issue... You kind of like stoicism. No, no, no. My main issue is is Beats just stoic. that... I'm still, no, no, <laughs> definitely not. But um, is more that once neurosis enters the modern world, stoicism can't be the answer. Because what stoicism did very effectively, it created a fortress of inner freedom. But neurosis is the breaking of the fortress walls. Yeah. So neurosis is where you're colonized by the desire of the other. And therefore, I... Neurotics will be, will, stoicism will appeal to them, but will never be effective because the fortress has been breached. You can run, but you can't hide. Yeah, the fortress has been breached. The walls have been uh -oh. attacked. Yeah. And yeah, the, the enemy forces are within. You don't even know who yeah. they are. Yeah. No, yeah, they're everywhere in nowhere. Yeah. It's every advert where they, and I'm doing inverted commas, they tell you that you should think like this, buy this, enjoy this. That they, the they, is the big other and you can't point to it but it's everywhere in nowhere mm -hmm. and it's in you and the only way out is to realize that the big other doesn't exist so there is the substantive big other there is the spiritualized big other and then there is the evaporation of the big other wonderful and, and evaporation that's a nice little watery term yeah and it means realizing that that there are authorities, but they don't know what they want either. No one knows what they are. So nothing can tell you what you should do because nothing knows what you should do. Like there's, so it's like, it's nothing. almost nothing. I don't know, man. Go for it. What do you think? Sometimes I see puppies. I'm like, that dog wants me to pet it. Well, yeah, well, do uh, yeah, dogs probably so, know what they want. Yeah. They, they do. Dogs don't suffer neurosis. I think actually dogs in LA might because... 
they're surrounded by demands that they can't understand. So yeah, I think may, maybe yeah. there's a certain neurosis that indulges in LA. Yeah. I'm yeah. just trying to throw you off center. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the stoicism thing is one. I mean, I don't want to harp on it too much because it is, I guess it's hot right now. I guess it's it like is. It is. And my, my thinking in that is it's because stoicism does try to find a, 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 a an area of freedom in the inner world. My thing is just that once your inner world is colonized mm-hmm. by the big other, um, the the battle's lost. Yeah, and the and then you need existentialism. I've felt myself during this uh, election cycle. You know, you, there's an election cycle. I know, right? Yeah. Oh, did you watch any of it, by the way? They they did the. the, the, the the, I watched the Biden one. I didn't. I haven't watched. I started to watch the Trump one, but the woman annoyed me too much, so really? I couldn't start. So. Um, I watched like two minutes of the Biden one, and then went out and didn't and put. Yeah. I'm, I, I voted, so there's a nice thing about voting where I just. Oh. I feel like I showered, and I'm like, I don't. I I did my thing. Yeah. Whatever. I'm, yeah. I'm being very stoic about it. Very um, good. But before that, and now still, I felt like. You know, I'll get riled up and I'll project onto all these politicians, all this stuff. And then uh, and then I, I do even in not paying attention to it. I'm still just like, should they who should be doing this? The Repu- Republicans are the, and the Democrat. And it's still there. Yeah, it's yeah. still internalized. It's still, you know, it's still a conflict within me even after uh, voting. So yeah. it all speaks to the same stuff, I guess. I'm yeah. just excited for this shit to be over. Yeah. Did I throw you off, by the way? Because you were going to make a point, or was that the point you were going to make? I probably was going to make yeah, a point. Yeah. You didn't throw me off because I forgot what it was immediately. All right, nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. Very good. Um, yeah. Psychologically free. How do you become psychologically free, Pete? Tell so, everybody. Spoil it. Spoil it. Okay, here's a spoiler, but you can only actually undergo this if you go to the Church of the Fundamentalists in Los Angeles. We have the elixir that will solve yeah. all of your problems. Yes. You can get it at Patreon. And it is... The, the realization that the big other doesn't know what it wants. So for a neurotic, he's always asking, what does the other want? How should I react? How should I be in this party? What should I do? Da, 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 da. The, the, once you realize that there is no other, that, that basically the big other has an unconscious as well. The big other doesn't know what it wants. In religious terms, this is the Eli, Eli, Lama, Sabachthani. Okay, well, I didn't understand a word of that. Yeah, uh, yeah. My God, you did. I bet you knew it. No, I don't. Oh, you don't? Oh, wow. Well, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Yeah, that's yeah, right. You, you said the first oh, yeah, part yeah. of it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, 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 <laughs> and I know that rap song, so. Yeah. That's the kind of like, so theologically speaking, that's the notion where you realize that even the absolute is not at one with itself. That is the freedom for the neurotic, is the realization that, the, so the big other is external telling you what to do. Then the big other colonizes you. I like to think of it in LA, right? You go to a party in LA. I, I really love Los Angeles. I would love to talk about why I love Los Angeles. But one of the reasons Please. I love Los Angeles is, um, right, and I haven't done this for ages, and there are no parties at the moment, but you go to a party in Los Angeles and everybody is having a good time. Everyone's just having a blast. But you can, in anywhere else in the world, you can kind of pretend, but you can go home and have the happiness of not being happy, right? You can go and pretend to be happy, have a good time at a party, and then you can escape from that. And so like in a party, you can go to the bathroom and just relax. But in LA, there's nowhere to go to relax there's no and be bathrooms. unhappy. There's no, well, people are doing cocaine in the bathrooms. Like even the bathroom is colonized by happiness. 
So you're going to some crazy parties. Yeah, yeah. Well, they they are in LA. So it's it's this tyranny of um, the big other of of enjoy, 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 enjoy. Now, oh, very quickly, because of before I lose my place, mm-hmm. is you started thinking about cocaine. What's that? Cocaine? Yeah, yeah, that's where that's where you got in trouble. Um, is that um, now? There's nowhere to go. Like now, this kind of idea of enjoy, have pleasure, is inside me. I I am tyrannized now. I can't just go home and relax and, and, and have regular unhappiness. And that is where, and it's because there's this, almost this sense in which I'm supposed to be happy. I'm supposed to be having a great time. Success is so important. This is all brilliant. But as soon as I realize that, that everyone is divided, that everyone has struggles, mm-hmm. that there is no happiness without struggle, then I can breathe. And that is where you realize that the big other doesn't exist, as in the, the big other has an unconscious. And what I'm saying is it's almost like, it's like there is no demand on you to be a certain way because mm-hmm. nobody knows No one gives a shit, first no of all. Shit. Yeah, and everybody's got their own shit to deal with. Truly no one yeah. cares. That's the yeah. one of the truths <laughs> of the universe that's so difficult to like remember constantly. Mm. But are you saying, to push back a little bit, okay. Are you saying that the only time you can enjoy a party is if you convince yourself that no one else is having fun? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, just that you have to have a space where you, the best way to do it is you enjoy it without getting yeah. carried away by, but without a big other. So I guess what I'm saying is this, right? Is if you are doing a job that you hate or in a relationship that's difficult and all of that, and we're in situations that are difficult, one, what what do you do? Like that's part of life. Life is is difficult at times. Mm-hmm. What I'm kind of saying is that the tyranny is when you think that there's a there are ways of getting a better life, but when but when you kind of fall for this notion that there is some way to satisfy the big other, that if only mm-hmm. you do a certain set of things and everything will be great, that is the ultimate tyranny. And once you get rid of that, you can improve your life. Mm-hmm. You work to make it better, but you can also accept certain limitations. Like if I get my leg broken and it never works again, that's a limitation. And I live with that limitation. Like yeah. we all have limitations. So that's kind of where you realize that the big other doesn't exist. It's like there is a sense in which you're, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to say, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to offer something. I, I want to know if there's any, this might sound too philosophical or um, like it might be a little uh, uh, masturbatory. But when you say the big other, right. And there's a big other uh, in the outer world of advertisements, religion, whatever else, external thing, looking down upon you, judging every parents, blah, blah, um, boss, et cetera. Then you have the big other internally, mm-hmm. the big one, the real one. What would you call it? The spiritualized, spiritualized big other, yeah. It's inside you. Does not the acknowledgement, so let's say everything you're saying is correct. There's a, a big other within. Doesn't doesn't that not doesn't that mean by definition that if there is a big other that there is a separate actual you in there? Oh, that's that can be freed from all of this. Not freed because that's a big word, and I would venture to say that it's partially true. Yeah, a free free from a, whatever big other you're you're inflicting upon yourself. Yeah. But there's still something inside you 
that is separate from the big other. Otherwise, it wouldn't really be a big other because it's not another. Yeah. You see, yeah, and this might be the the creative difference between us. Yep. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah, wondering yeah, if you yeah, immediately yeah, were yeah. you're gonna get. It. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. Cool, cool. Because this could sound. I'm so excited. Like, this yeah. is so fun. <laughs> this could sound like me saying, and this is where it'd be a good back and forth. Mm-hmm. Right? You're like, mm, this could how sound I put like this? no, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> this could sound like me saying that that. Oh, by the way, a, you know what? Good way of thinking about the big other right, is if you're in court and you see a judge. Right, there's two types of other. There's the small other and the big other. The small other is you look at the judge and they're just like you. They're just a human being like you. They have fears like you. They go to the toilet like you. They do all of that. But also they are the incarnation of the law. Mm-hmm. So they are not like you. They are a big other. They are the instantiation of this of the law. And, and a psychotic individual cannot see the big other they just see a person like them a neurotic very much sees the big other right so that's that's kind of a difference between the small other and big other. i won't ask you the differences on neurotic perverse and psychotic i'll oh, tell yeah. you that <laughs> um but so what you, so what it might sound like i'm saying is that you can be free to desire what you want to desire and i would say and i, like I want that. to hear what you want to say see i would say that no we <laughs> no <laughs> no I would say like there's no freedom as in I I desire what I what you desire is a product of your contingency the people you hang out with the sure. people you desire the people you desire you that's all the freedom is when you can countersign your destiny when you can accept your fate when you can kind Hello. of to some extent but are you saying do you think there might be an essential you that desires who's signing the document who's signing a document if yes. not a you, a little, a little individual in the brain, a little you, a little yeah, the yeah. little alien in Men in Black. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> I mean, it sounds it's in your pituitary or pineal gland, according to uh, what a uh, Descartes, I think, said that was he yeah. dissecting shit, and he was because I've been reading, I've been reading one book, uh, but yeah, I mean, who else is signing the doc? Who else is co-signing? Yes. Well, that's a good question. So who's co-signing the document, right? If So for example, if you're colonized by your mom's desires, your dad's desires, your friend's desires, if you find yourself, like I went out with somebody many years ago who um, got into law, but she wanted to be an artist, but she chose freely to be a lawyer, to get into law or to do human rights law, but she she didn't desire her desire. Mm-hmm. So she found herself free, freely choosing what she didn't want to choose. But what was obvious was she was colonized by other desires. So to become free, you're saying, so who who countersigns? And I would say that... It's literally a very, it's such a heavy question. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's basically going like, it is like, it, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but is it not the I think therefore I am, basically? Like, it's like going, there's a thing in me. Yeah. There is an ego consciousness. There's an, yeah, there's an ego. So whenever, like whenever Freud talks about the ego, all he's talking about I is... I gave you is a point there. I gave you a I. point. I shouldn't have given up that point. I that, I, yeah, yeah. No, but that's the, yeah, that's the I, the ego, which is trying to manage the conflict between the id and the superego. That's one of Freud's early metaphors is the id is all your kind of just want to, you know, have sex and eat and do violence yep. and the super ego that's saying you should be nice you should ask you should whatever and then the ego is basically arises to kind of like resolve the conflict yeah it's the ultimate symptom um a symptom being a coagulation of contradiction so 
yeah so who countersigns it yeah in a way it is the ego the 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 ego you like when fro when or you sorry, Nietzsche says what's up you countersign you countersign that's the way you get to psychological yes. freedom but the you but the you that countersigns is you vapor. know a whole amalgamation <laughs> what's that vapor a vapor an amalgamation of this entire yeah i don't conflict. know i don't no. know i don't know i don't know about that last part but we might yeah. just disagree there a little bit no but but over time not today obviously but over time we will i will grind you down and we, the whole great thing about philosophy is it's reason we just keep going we keep looking because um, here's the thing right what what do you mean by an what do you mean by the ego or the self? Oh, we don't, we don't have time for that today. No. That's a separate conversation okay. for well, sure. Okay, well, let's do the self in a few we're, we're hinting at things that I think are, are definitely going to be very interesting because I, I think it's very important and very uh And by the way, relevant. can I just say, I'm not going to say very much, but just say that, you know, you're increasingly becoming like... A pain in the ass. A pain in the <laughs> fucking ass. No, <laughs> you're increasingly becoming more and more interested, not just on a kind of amateur interest, but you're you're like throwing yourself into a lot more of the you know, stuff. Man, it's you're, been a long year. Yeah. Yeah. But it's <laughs> I, great to see, you know. Thanks, so. man. Dude, it's been wonderful. I'm so excited. I mean, obviously you're a huge part of it and huge inspiration with it. And uh it's been a wonderful time and I'm excited to talk I, more. About I, it. I am proud to feel that I'm a small part of your downfall as a internet personality jokes on you i've been falling down way before is that <laughs> damn <laughs> don't even worry about that um because yeah. honestly if, if i've been an influence that's just going to be a bad a bad thing but, yeah no it's great because as i as i read and as i learn more it's it's i i uh love the ability to be like huh yeah maybe not though that sounds like probably bullshit. So there's a little bit of that, which is very nice in the readings. But it's yeah, we'll we'll talk more about it at some yeah. point. I'm just being very, I'm being, I'm hoarding my personal uh, life because I, I'm an overshare, which we should do definitely a whole episode on being an overshare. Oh yeah, that would be fun. Anyway. I'm an undershare, as you yes, know. Yes, you are. I mean, people, it's, it's funny how much of an undershare I am. I don't yeah. Know, yeah, and you're not much of an overshare, and you haven't shared a lot about your personal life in the last year nope. in the in the fundamentalists. Yeah, I've been very, I was talking to a buddy, I was doing a podcast with the Valley cast uh, like two hours ago and it was a buddy Darren of mine who I hadn't spoken to maybe not this year, but I love him very dearly. Where did I meet Darren? You said I've met him. I'm sure you've met him. I can't tell what you does where. He do? He's an editor. He's a rapper. He just, he's blowing up on TikTok right now. It's very cool. Whoa. Darren, Darren, Darren on TikTok, but he does really cool music and so good. I was listening to it on the way here, but um, we were talking a lot about career and purpose and all that fun stuff. And it's, um, it's it's very fascinating but he in that conversation was like yeah, i don't know he's like i don't know where you are i don't know where you live right now and i was like los angeles and he was like like saying that jokingly yeah. he was like i didn't know and i was like oh yes no i'm still i'm still i forget i don't i don't check in with people very much so yeah. this is this is this this is this part of the podcast now <laughs> uh, but yeah it was very a uh, realization of like oh yeah okay i've been more reclusive yeah yeah taking a cue yeah it happens when it get, you get older as well. I mean, honestly, in my 30s, I started to become more occlusive in my 40s, like too much. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's why I like living in LA because it kind of forces you out except for the current situation, but usually forces you out. So I'm back I'm back in with LA. It took me a second. I'm, I'm glad to hear you say you, you love it. We got a drink at some place the other night, y'all, just so you know. We went down there. I didn't know whatever. Oh yeah, we went distance. to a really great place. Yeah, went to a place, Lovely. had a few drinks, there was it was a rooftop. It was a rooftop, rooftop. Uh, on a hotel, hotel. 
We were in downtown LA. Downtown it was LA. lovely. It was called, I think it was called the Rooftop. Maybe really? it was wonderful. And then, but when we're down, when we we're there, y'all, we there's like a gunshot that goes off in our ears, and it's the fireworks because it happened to be the night that the Los Angeles oh, yeah. Lakers won the basketball championship. Then we go down. The streets are just filled with. How did you get home? Was it crazy or was it easy? Dude, it took me fifteen minutes. It was crazy. Oh right, you like, just it was missed just it all. those streets. Yeah, it was, went, there was a few wonderful. streets that were just mental. I was shocked. Yeah. People were going nuts because it was wonderful celebration. It was really beautiful to see. And I know, you know, it's probably not the healthiest thing right now with the pandemic, but it was it was uh, refreshing. Yeah. And, and most people were in the cars. I mean, I've got to say, like, we were walking home and it, it was mostly in yeah. cars, not in on the streets. Um, and I can't blame them, whatever. You want a championship. I know that feeling. It's like you get, you gotta, you gotta scream at something. But, um, and people have been locked up, so let them do their thing. But uh, the fireworks, y'all, were going off right behind our heads cool. because they were firing it from lower. And so it would just be like, it was so cool. You picked yeah. a great place. I know. I By mistake, I went to a kind of crappy place, and they had the Lakers game. I didn't even know it was on. And then I just Googled and found this is a great place. Man. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, we lucked out there because um, I had no idea the game was going on either. And, uh, yeah, that was the most I've been out. In quite a while. It's funny you say that because I think of you obviously as a bit more social than me. You would think. You know, you'd think. I talked to my dad the other day. I was like, we haven't. Grace told me the other day, she was like, maybe next week we like go out. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I guess if we want. Yeah. But yeah, it is that yeah. thing of being like, or we could like not do that <laughs> and just do the same thing we do every night. So. Yeah, it's real fun. Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, well, I got you got any takeaway from this about unfreedom and the colonization of the big other? Anything you? I mean, we. T- I love that we touched on a little bit of the idea of the self and the idea of the um, big mm-hmm. other, and I love the idea of exploring that further. Yeah. Um, the in, the here's my takeaway. Here's what I think is the coolest part about it. I think it is fascinating that the entire world went through a change a few hundred years ago and we're still seeing the effects of it and we're still seeing the way that the problems are still there but they've become internalized and people are having to figure out how uh, to navigate it but the only way they can do that is if they recognize that it is inside them and uh, and that it is something that's going on with them uh, rather than you know yeah the big other or whatever. Um, I think that's, that's just cool to me. I think it's cool that it's like, we took the problems and we just shoved them in a tiny box and we swallowed it. And now they're inside of us. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I mean, almost that you could see like parenthood is like the, uh, the uh, attempt to do that is that at first you do stuff because your parents tell you it's bad and then they put like a what's an elf on the shelf that looks at you and makes sure that you don't do anything when they're not oh present God. and then eventually you internalize it and then you're your own panopticon oh my you're God. watching your panopticon. own uh your own sins yeah um man one of my favorite things in the world is to hear joe beretta just go off on how much he hates elf on the shelf because he, right. he's done it his entire I is only learned of it when I moved to America because we don't have it. But I, I, I didn't. Have yeah, it. Is that, you didn't have it. I thought that yeah. was like so. Well, you had God. Crazy. I had God. You're yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had Elf on the yeah. shelf all year round. Yes. <laughs> that was always weird to me when they were like, "Santa's watching you." I'm like, "But also God, Jesus. Right? Jesus is watching yeah, me on the like toilet. Yeah. More important, yeah. right? For burning the creepy. whole burning in hell thing. <laughs> like, no. If you don't, if you don't obey, you won't get your presence. That's a much nicer version than the yeah burning in hell. Anyway, this has been our episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for uh, 
getting us to one million, which is pretty million, cool. A, so that's really cool. It's not a big deal for you because you've been doing this and you get you. Know, but for, like us, pretty yeah, big, it's a big deal. Big deal because this is I like because like, this. You know, yeah, <laughs> this is this, this is a good one. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys. Truly, thank you. And we're having so much fun making this podcast. Oh, yeah. And let us know in the comments of the YouTube video if there's any particular topics you would like us to maybe talk. We maybe. Did I screw up the last video? Was it out of sync? Maybe. I don't know. I won't screw it up this time. Yeah, sure. Um, and that's that, guys. Uh, and uh, yeah, bye.